Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to the Dogs Program here on 3CR. That's right, community radio on a Saturday. It's lovely to have your company. We are the dogs, if you don't know. We are, we, we, we jump up and down and we bark and we wolf and we chase our tails because we defend government schools, defenders of government schools, D-O-G-S. Um, every week we highlight what's going on in Australia when it comes to education policy, but not just Australia, around the world as well. Because we believe here that there's only one education system in Australia that should be funded by you and me. Only one education system that should be funded by taxpayers because there's only one education system that is open to all, free at point of access, and does not preference one particular religion over another. It's completely, completely God neutral. Um, and that's the only education system that should be funded by us. Any education system that wishes to exclude people who have the wrong skin colour, any education system that wants to exclude people who have the wrong religion or the social status or don't have enough money, um, well, they can go around and doing that, but they shouldn't be supported by me or you. Um, and unfortunately in Australia, we have a number of education systems, all of, which are, all of which are funded by us, the taxpayer, and some of which are fundamentally unfair. And we think that's wrong. Uh, we think a lot of people agree with us, but um, well, we're here on 3CR to tell you the mechanics of how it works in Australia. And today we've got some interesting things because the election's coming up and education, strangely enough, is, is seems to be a side issue. Um, both of the major parties seems to be treating it with somewhat contempt and we don't think that's right. So we'll be highlighting some issues that are going on in Australia, certainly with secondary education, certainly with the TAFE colleges, and also um, with taxation policy and the separation of religion and the state, which are, strangely enough in Australia, deeply integrated with education policy. Whether they should be or not is a question, but they certainly are, because the religion that you hold gives you a ticket to a particular education system that's funded by the taxpayer, strangely enough in Australia. And to start us off on that little strange mix is Jean, who will be giving us a press release. She's back from her break, and she's raring to go. She's got press release number 700 and what, Jean? 91. Which is available on our website at www.adogs.info. That's www.adogs.info. And what is the topic of your press release for the world to hear today, Jean? Tax policy and the separation of church and state. Tell us more. As the election noise ramps up, Prime Minister Morrison promises to denude the Treasury and reward wealthy income earners by $77 billion over 10 years. And the opposition leader, Bill Shorten, commits verbal trip-ups on superannuation policies, promotes his climate change credentials with a Turnbull-style proposal. And Shorten has also got the moral initiative with promises to alleviate financial stresses on victims of cancer. And he's been prepared, you might notice, in the last few days uh, to take on the Murdoch press because they uh, were not really quite fair to his mother's career. Yet the Morrison government has been caught out diverting millions in capital funding to wealthy private schools for dance studios, fitness areas and cafes, while giving nothing to public schools to cope with their rising enrolments. An AEU investigation has found that money from a capital fund designed to benefit schools that can't raise their own funds has been shifted into elite schools. 
and uh, Robert will be telling you a lot more about this later. Many of the grants were made by the Morrison and Turnbull governments after capital funding for public schools was stopped in 2017. So now the taxpayers are not only paying for the ongoing costs of private schools, they're actually paying for the buildings. Dog's position is that if we're paying for them, we should own them and take them over because we are not only paying for just the running costs, but now we are paying for the buildings as well and they are going into private hands. Now, details of the funding for the wealthy private schools was originally obtained by the Australian Education Union because of a freedom of information request, and it's now been published online. And Robert will be telling you about some of these uh, grants, 1.5 million here, 2.5 million here, 3 million here, uh, for private schools, for things which the um, many public schools would go begging for and are going begging for. So perhaps it's time we had a public debate, not just between the would-be Prime Ministers and the would-be Treasurers, but between the Federal Minister for Education, uh, Mr Tian, and the Shadow Minister for Education, Tanya Plibersek, I believe it is. On 8th of May 2019, the election debate got emotional, as I've just said, with Bill Shorten calling out the Murdoch Papers' attempt to denigrate his deceased barrister mother, a gutsy lady from a working-class background who availed herself of the Whitlam era of free university education. Remember, listeners, there are quite a few of us ladies availed ourselves. Some of us were teachers and we became lawyers and Whitlam's mother, I'm sorry, uh, Shorten's mother was one of them. But after three debates between Morrison and Shorten, there's little discussion of the false taxpayer funding of religious educational institutions or even, given the Israel Fellow case, religious liberty. Their answers on this latter during the 8th of May debate on the ABC were merely mouthed, at least. And it seems as if both major parties have agreed that the state aid issues are in the too-hard basket. The Murdoch Press says it's still the economy, stupid, but the dog's response is it's still the tax system and public education, stupid. Who is going to be taxed and who is going to benefit from the largesse of the Federal Treasury? Morrison is screaming that Shorten is going to tax the Australian citizenry and Shorten points to the big end of town and multinationals who minimise their tax. But nobody mentions the wealthy religious multinationals which are totally exempt from tax and are gifted billions of dollars on an annual basis to segregate our next generation. And those billions of dollars are not just, as I've pointed out, for running costs of schools and hospitals and other things, but also for the actual buildings. So let's look at the tax system. Tax policy is a very complicated subject, and you'll find lots of opinions about it, often heated ones. And while Australians may disagree on how much they should be taxed and what those taxes ought to pay for, I suggest that there's one thing that most of us all agree on, and that is no taxpayer should be compelled to subsidise a religion that they don't believe in. Unfortunately, since the dog's case in 1981, we have drifted from this idea. Religious institutions in Australia receive ever-increasing billions of dollars for the running of their institutions, The Catholic Church, for example, is one of the wealthiest institutions exempt from taxation obligations as well as one of the largest employers in Australia. And as an employer, they can decide what the religious background of their employee might be. But until the current presidency, America has held the line on matters of church and state. 
Founding fathers in America in 1776, like those in Australia in 1898, were seeking to protect religion, not harm it, when they ensured that religious institutions would support themselves and not depend upon the state. Until recently, America led the way in refusing to tolerate entanglement of religion with the state. But under the Trump regime, things are rapidly changing in this arena. And Americans United for Separation of Church and State has provided the following information. Private school voucher plans that use public funds to subsidise private religious schools are operating in some states in America, and President Donald Trump and Education Secretary Betsy DeVos have proposed a nationwide tuition tax credit scheme, which is a type of backdoor voucher plan that would cost billions. And, of course, they are following Australia here because uh, with the school resource standard and the amounts of money that we give per student, per capita, to uh, private schools throughout Australia, we have a virtual voucher system. In addition, faith-based initiatives in, in America are continuing to proliferate under Trump some taxpayer-subsidised religious institutions have boldly declared that they have a right to take money from the public, yet they refuse to serve certain classes of people, a situation Americans United is challenging at the moment in the federal court in South Carolina. And here in Australia, of course, we're well used to this. Uh, Religious institutions here uh, demand, they say it is their religious right, to refuse to employ certain kinds of people. But the dog's position is, if you take the Queen's shilling, then you obey the Queen's laws. Uh, And the Australian legal system is uh, quite specific on certain discrimination matters. The framers of the American Constitution in 1776 believed that houses of worship should not receive tax dollars. They didn't feel this way because they were hostile to religion. In fact, America was and is a very religious place. Far from it. While they clearly believed that forcing people to support religion against their will was a violation of the fundamental right of conscience, the Founding Fathers also understood that expecting faith communities to stand on their own feet is in fact very good for religion. This is known as the voluntarist principle. And there are a lot of people in Australia who adhered to this voluntarist principle. Taking the Queen's shilling is not good for religion, and we've certainly found that out in Australia as well as elsewhere. In 1785, for example, James Madison penned a very famous document. It's called The Memorial and the Remonstrance Against Religious Assessments. And this is a broadside that blasted a proposal to force all residents of Virginia to pay a tax to support Christian ministers. And the document is essentially a list of 15 reasons why church taxes are a terrible idea. And the entire work is actually brilliant, but point seven is especially relevant today, both in America and Australia. Because, and I'm quoting it here, because experience witnesseth that ecclesiastical establishments, instead of maintaining the purity and efficacy of religion, have had a contrary operation. During almost 15 centuries has the legal establishment of Christianity been on trial. What have been its fruits? More or less in all places, pride and indolence in the clergy, Ignorance and servility in the laity, in both superstition, bigotry and persecution. Inquire of the teachers of Christianity for the ages in which it appeared in its greatest luster, those of every sect point to the ages prior to its incorporation with civil policy. So Madison argues, and the dogs agree with with him that if the state has to prop up the church that is actually very bad for religion and it has proved so history has proved it 
far be it um, from us to paraphrase Madison, but he's essentially saying here that evidence shows that the church taxes haven't helped religion because they've ruined it. He points out that the Christian faith received state support for 1,500 years and this led the clergy to become arrogant and lazy. It also sparked ignorance among lay members and fostered persecution. So Madison recommends that you ask the ministers themselves and they will tell you that Christianity did better before it took state money. And I think many people in the Catholic Church at the moment here in Australia and also other churches would be starting to realise that because back in the 1970s the churches in Australia decided that the Queen Shilling was worth something and they compromised on their values that they have in fact compromised very badly and religion in Australia at the moment is in decline. Madison was right and we can see evidence of this in the world today. Consider the countries that still have taxpayer-supported state-sponsored religion. They tend to be either nightmarish theocracies or places where religion plays a largely ceremonial role but dwindling numbers of people actually bother to attend the services. So both America and Australia as the new world, the world that was based on enlightenment principles, need to re-embrace one of the founding principles. No one should be taxed to pay for the religion of another. I'll repeat that. It's a very basic principle that the dogs adhere to and it has implications for education in this country. No one should be taxed to pay for the advancement of the religion of another. So Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, also had a great quote on this topic. When a religion is good, he said, I conceive that it will support itself. And when it cannot support itself, and God does not take care to support, so that its professors are obliged to call for the help of the civil power, tis a sign of its being a bad one. So that is the uh, press release for today. Uh, We've tried, as we do every week, to relate up current political and other situations, educational situations, to the basic principles on which the dogs stand. We stand for two things and two things only, the well-being of the public education system and separation of religion from the state. But that's enough from me for now. Back to Robert. Thank you very much, Jane. You listen to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial and podcast on the WWWs, where we're returning with more current affairs in terms of education and Australia after this. The 3CR Radiothon is fast approaching. And this year, we're asking you to power Radical Radio. That's right. It's with your support that we're able to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon powers the station to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon 2019... June the 3rd to the 16th. Power Radical Radio. The Fair Go for Pensioners Coalition is holding a free conference on the 10th of July at the Greek Orthodox Church, 23 to 29 Victoria Street, Coburg. The conference will take a look at whether the Aussie Fair Go still matters ask why there's a crisis of trust in politicians and institutions and question why public welfare services are increasingly private and costly. We'll also consider what action we can take to build the future we want. Limited places are available and bookings before the 10th of June are essential. Email eventsfgfpvictoria at gmail.com or call 0477-236-880. Fair Go for Pensioners Coalition, free conference, 10th of July in Coburg. 
a 3CR supporter. Welcome back to the Dogs Program. Yes, don't forget about Radiothon. That's coming up. We mustn't forget either because we are a community radio that needs the community to support us. That was, that's why we don't get involved in sponsorship with large corporates. Hooray! And we have to raise 6500 this year. We do. We have a lot of money to raise. So, yeah, that's coming up, but not today. Um, today... Hmm. How can I say this? There are two major political parties which vie for power in Australia every number of years, and every now and then um, each of those political parties decide they're not happy with their leaders, so we're foisted with another one, and that's politics. Um, when it comes to education policy, there has been a truth in Australian politics over the last 15 to 20 years, which is you've got to pay off the bishops. You've got to pay off the bishops before you go to the polls. Now, how do you pay off bishops? Well, bishops want lots of money. Bishops want lots of people who give them money. They want parishioners or people of religious faith contributing. And one of the ways they can do that is to say, excuse me, federal government, can you please give us lots and lots of money to make our religious schools better than state schools? And the federal government says, oh, yes. Yeah, we'll do that. And the Australian Education Union has um, done a Freedom of Information, which is fascinating, truth to tell, about how much money the current federal government has given to private schools to make their schools better than state schools. Because private schools charge money, state schools don't, so of course they have to be better. Um, They're not better because of parents' contributions, they're better because various religious organisations turn up to the federal government and say, give us some money to make them good. And they're still not better. No, of course not. No. In fact, I'll be telling you later in the program about a really great state school that I had personal experience of in the last week gone by um, in one of the suburbs of Melbourne. It's an extraordinary place, much better than any state, any, any private school could possibly be. And I'll explain why um, at the end of the program. But one of the ways they do is to say, well, we've, we don't want money... Well, we do want money so that you give us money every year so that we have what's called recurrent funding, which means that the taxpayer funds for the educational cost for the wages of the teachers and the running of the school. That's called recurrent funding. But coming up to elections, various um, various bishops and religious organisations that run schools say, well, can we have some money to, to build sexy things? Can we have money for capital works? build things that are good and attractive so that people will come to our schools and not go to state schools and, and that will be good. They do and the federal government, elections too. You well, know. they do, but, I'm, but we've got a federal election coming mm. up. So I'm going to talk about what are called the Commonwealth Capital Grant Scheme. From This is just from the federal sphere. Um, now, there's some extraordinary things that have happened because the Morrison government's actually been caught it's been caught by the AEU leading up to this election, diverting millions in capital funding to wealthy private schools. And this money is specifically allocated for these things. So wealthy private schools, these, these are people who have money already, um, are getting money from the federal government to build dance studios, to build fitness areas, to build in-school cafes. But this money, and I'm going to say it right now, isn't spread across all the education um, sectors. It's only going to private schools. No money from the federal government in terms of capital works is going to state schools at all. And when you look at the actual figures, what is even fascinating is that the big money, the, one, the big grants, well over a million, all seem, on the whole, there's a few, few uh, others, um, all seem to go to Catholic schools, Robert. The independent schools only seem to be getting in the thousands, not the millions, if you look well, at the Well, I figures. should say hundreds of thousands for the independent sector, but let's just go through it, because the AEU has done an investigation and found that money from a capital fund designed to benefit schools that can't raise their own funds, so this is a fund designed to benefit schools that can't raise their own funds, that's the point of this pot of money, has been diverted to elite private schools that, by definition, can raise their own funds. Now, many of these grants were made by the Morrison and Turnbull governments after capital funding for public schools was stopped in 2017. I'm going to say that again. Capital funding for public schools was stopped by the Turnbull and Morrison government in 2017. No more money for public schools from the federal government for capital works. Now, the AEU federal president, Karina Haythorpe, said the revelations show just how unfair federal funding for schools has become. She says, and I quote, public schools should be the first priority of all governments. Well, she says it, and we say it too. It should be, in fact, the only priority for all governments. 
She says there are schools open in every community where two-thirds of students go where the enrolments are growing fastest. And she's right. Scott Morrison, she says, can find millions for art and drama studios in elite private schools, but he can't find money to build new public schools. And he can't find money to help existing ones expand or cope with what they are now have, which is significant enrolment increases. In fact, the Catholic enrolment's been going down. Yes, it has. Now, details of the funding for wealthy private schools was originally obtained by the AEU under Freedom of Information and has now been published online, and so we now here at the Dogs Program on 3CR can share this because it's been brought to light, and I think you might be interested. Because according to the Federal Department of Education, the Capital Grants Program is to help private schools, and I quote, if they do not have enough capital resources. So that's... That is the criteria for how this money is being distributed. It only goes to schools if they do not have enough capital resources. Now, let's look at well, no, well, well, let's <laughs> let's look at Saint Scholasticus College in Sydney. I think it's in Glebe. They have been given three point six million dollars to pay for art, music, and drama facilities, as well as change rooms and a fitness area for their students. This is St. Scholastica's in Sydney. You're not aware of it, but I'll tell you, it is an elite Catholic school. 56% of its students come from the richest families in Australia, and the school fees are well above the average. It also receives from the federal government $19 million every year on top of the $3.6 million to get these capital, because apparently... And I quote, they do not have enough capital resources on their own. Now, that is just not true. So if you give money to people who don't need it as part of a taxation problem, there is one word to describe that, and that word is corruption. I mean, I just think it is. It's corrupt. But let's let's just, half a million dollars has been given by the federal government to St George's Christian School in Sydney. Now, this is, this is not a Catholic school. This is an independent school. This is for a multi-purpose sports court, visual arts rooms, and a general learning area. Now, this is an elite school where 63% of the students come from the richest families in Australia, and 1% of the kids in this school come from the bottom quartile, the poorest families. It has already spent $10 million on capital works in the last three years. <laughs> and is spending $14 million expanding its facilities, and it says, can we pay another half million on top of that from the federal government? Thank you very much. Do they need it? Demonstrably no. Is it true that they do not have enough capital resources? It is not true, but they are still getting the money. $600,000 is going to St. Columbia's Anglican School in Port Macquarie to pay for a sustainability centre with outdoor amphitheatre seeing, but the school also got almost a million dollars in 2016 for a performing arts centre from the federal government for its music, dance and drama studios. It was given that money back then for a 320-seat indoor theatre and 12 practice studios for the music students. Great! But why am I paying for this at a place in Port Macquarie that obviously has enough money to start with? Oh, let's not talk about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Let's talk about $3.5 million, which is going to the Marist Catholic College in Penshurst for general and specialist facilities, including a hall for fitness. The school also got $5.9 million back in 2015 to pay for a redevelopment of its music performance spaces and, I get this, a cafe and kitchen and a theatrette. The total capital work spending in 2015 and 2017 in this school was $31 million in one school and we are now giving them another three and a half because apparently they don't have enough money. I could go on. I will, actually. One more, just because just I think this is hilarious. Well, it's not hilarious. It's disgusting. William Clark College. Okay, it's, a Sydney, it's in Sydney, and it's got a certain amount of money to pay for steam building, a steam is a science, technology, education, arts, and maths building, with kitchens, media, sound studios, art studios, science studios, woodworking facilities. Now, this school generated $26 million in recurrent funding in 2017 from the federal government. And this building is reported as a 15 to $20 million project. 2% of the students at the school are from the bottom socioeconomic quartile, which means most of the kids come from ridiculously wealthy families. We are giving them, as part of the Capital Works program, on top of this $20 million, another $6 million. I haven't heard a peep out of Mr Shorten about this, have you? No. 
No, he's just letting this one go through to the keeper. And this is what I'm coming to, Jane. This is what's disturbing. Now, just, just to go back to the overall program, the capital funding program for private schools only, no state schools allowed into this pot, was increased from $300 million by the then Treasurer Scott Morrison and the former Prime Minister Malcolm Temple in 2017. At the same time, these two decided to put an end to capital funding for any pr- public schools at all. So they just took all the money away from the, pro- from the state schools and gave it all to the private schools. Instead, the decision made direct all fund- federal funding to public schools to recurrent target of 20% of the school resource standard by 2023. What this means is it's indexed and it's going to increase. Now, the New South Wales government has protested against this. They say, this isn't fair. We can't do everything with the state schools. You've got to give us some money. And then, no, no, the lack of Commonwealth funding to public schools is despite the fact that the ABS data shows that almost 200,000 additional students in Australia have enrolled in state schools, and 76% of this growth has been in state schools. And the Catholic school enrolment's going down. However... Um, the state government, the state Liberal Party that's just gone back into state government, is going to give another $400 million to uh, private schools yep. for capital grants, capital grants yep. only. Now We're th- paying for them. We should be allowed to use them. Well, the other thing is, of course, this money goes straight to the organisation. If you want to do capital works in a state school, you have to tender it out and then lease it back. So every new state school that's been built in Victoria isn't the, the money hasn't been spent by the government and given to the school and the school is built. No, 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 it's given to a company which build it and then lease it back to the government for 25 years. This money just goes straight into the pocket of the religious organisation that runs the school. It doesn't go anywhere else. It's not, there's no leasing arrangement. There's no buybacks. There's no this or that. It's just there's a pot of money. Build it. All so of the, this all money is dead to us now. Yes, it's, 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 owned, it's owned by the Archbishop in, as a corporation sole. Yep, it's gone. So it's owned by the bishops. That's why when you started off and saying the bishops have been talking to the government, you're right, because it's their property. We are paying these millions of dollars, not only in recurrent grants, but um, for now for capital grants. Okay, so this is the, the policy of the, of the current government. Now, we have an election coming up, and there is an alternate government, which is the Labor Party government. What does Malcolm Turnbull have to say about this ridiculous situation? The answer is nothing. That's Shorten there. Nothing. Oh, Bill Shorten. Yeah, sorry. Bill Shorten. Nothing. He's he's got nothing to say about it. This is going through to the Keeper as far as the Labor Party is concerned because guess what? They've had a chat with the bishops as well. Now, I'm not talking about conspiracy stuff here because this is just the well-known way it works. Nobody wants someone getting up in a pulpit saying, vote for this person, not that person. And so both major parties say, oh, no, we've got to give them, the, give them the money, and then they'll just be quiet. So as far as Bill Shorten's concerned and Scott Morris' concerned, this is not a political issue. There is no difference. Labor parties say, oh, we'll, we'll give more money in general, but they're not taking this money away from the private schools, which is, in fact, a waste of money. But we'll talk more about this, I think, after a bit of music.
Did you know volunteering contributes to a happier life? Want to know what you can do to make a difference in your local community of Whittlesea? Whittlesea Community Connections hold a volunteer information session every month. It is a friendly session where you get to meet others and be linked to not-for-profit organisations. Contact Michelle from Whittlesea Community Connections on 94016630 or visit our website www.whittlesecc.org.au to find out more. A 3CR supporter. Welcome back to the Dogs Program. A bit of Henry Purcell there and interesting things going on in Whittlesea. You're listening to the Dogs. We are the defenders of government schools, D-O-G-S, here on 3CR 855 on the AMDR. Um, I have been lamenting um, that in the election coming up, education doesn't seem to be, a, there don't seem to be significant points of difference between the Labor and the Liberal Party. And I'm not the only one to come to this conclusion. Chris Bonner, in an article um, from the Conversation website posted on the 3rd of May, says commentators often express dismay that debates about policy go missing in action at election time. This time, the vacuous reigns supreme as the election degenerates into a policy parody, despite longer-term policy work by the ALP and some others. But after starting gun sound, a meaningful debate was cast aside yet again. Serious issues seem to be off-limits, because what The Guardian calls, and it's one of the press sort of organisations here now in Australia, calls the Code of Silence. School education has certainly taken a back seat. No issues, no debates, nothing to present or even misrepresent. It seems that we have settled back into the big debates of past years. But if only, says Chris Bonner. The biggest problem for school education is that the issue needing attention evolves into incremental ways that few people notice. And there aren't enough crises to excite sustained interest. Moral panics do come and go with such events as seasonal release of test results and politicians do shroud the odd initiative in hyperbole. Even that fades away, as evidenced by the Rudd and Gillard education revolution. Remember that? <laughs> but incremental changes are having devastating impact on the equity and effectiveness of Australian schools. And more people are noticing that the regressive outcomes of three decades of neoliberalism has become harder to hide in Australia. What is happening in school education is that the need to respond to substantial as substantial as that directed at health and infrastructure needs to be done to education as well. Now, Chris has got a number of consistent and concerning trends when it comes to the release of the data that lurk behind what we now call the My School website. Now, I won't go through them all, but one of the things I find interesting, and here at the Dogs we've found concerning for many years, is that the social hierarchies, both within and between sectors in Australia, are deepening. Because choice is apparently such a good idea, public systems offer more of it. Hence the disparities within the public system are now becoming greater and Australian schools are replicating and reinforcing social class. And the measurable results is that we as a country therefore go nowhere because we're just fighting each other. And if you fight each other as a whole, we go nowhere. If one parent, you know, when in, in, in the process of enrolling their, in their child in the school of their choice, treads over the dead corpse of the poorer neighbour um, to, to protect the interests of their own child, that's fine. They're doing well, but we as a nation have a significant problem, and that is the fundamental consequence of neoliberalism as it applies to what you do with kids and trying to get them to learn stuff, which is education. But schools, you know, as we know, the sort of secondary schools and primary schools are one particular sector. There's something that's happened in Australia which I think is far more concerning, which is the TAFE sector, technical and further education. And at the moment, and we are getting over, trying to get over, the fact that we privatised the entire lot and there was billions of dollars wasted and all these kids did not get the education they required. So people are now saying, oh, we need to, you know, renationalise the TAFE system and the Labor Party, this is one of their points of difference of saying this. However, this has implications and I'm going to get, throw over now to Dale to fill us in on that. Thanks, Rob. I've got an article here from the Australian Financial Review uh, by Robert Bolton, the education editor, entitled Private Providers Warn Labor Against Prioritising the TAFE System. Labor will not be able to meet demand for skilled workers unless it changes its election campaign policy on the TAFE sector, according to private training organisations. Labor leader Bill Shorten and education spokesman 
woman Tanya Plibersek have promised to revive training by focusing on the public TAFE system, spending $200 million on building upgrades and offering 100,000 free places. But the Australian Council for Private Education and Training said most students in the training sector get their qualifications with private providers. In 2017, the latest available, 4.2 million students were enrolled in the training sector, but of this, the public TAFE system accounted for less than 682,000. Isn't that scary? That's what's happened. and These people don't want that to change. Chief, uh, it goes on to say, Chief Executive uh, Troy Williams said the public system has been run down by successive state and federal governments to a point where it no longer had the infrastructure to work with, to work with even if Labor poured money into it. But demand for skilled workers has never been higher. Last week, the tourism industry said it had a shortage of, of about 150,000 skilled workers. So they're saying, aren't they, Dale, that the privatised system has failed. It hasn't produced the skills, skilled workers. And it was, the public system was producing them before. Well, it goes on to say, uh, behind Labor's promises are structural problems. State governments run the public TAFE system. Canberra injects money into it through the national training agreements, which have relatively few conditions attached to them as far as state governments are concerned. Or it can earmark money for specific purposes and get the states to sign up to national partnership agreement. These have had limited success. The coalition put $1.5 billion into the Skilling Australians Fund, but Queensland and Victoria refused to sign up and eventually their share of the money was spent on other programs. Private providers are self-financed or financed by state governments. Mm. They have no access to federal funding except through VET student loans. Mr Williams said state and federal governments should make funding fully contestable and provider agnostic. (laughs) The independent sector is more flexible in working with students and has strong partnership with business. And it's failed. (laughs) Some industries have their own training schools, like the Master Builders Australia, he said. Private providers are more nuanced to local demand. Here's that monolith uh, idea coming in again. Mm-hmm. Private providers are more nuanced to local demand, whereas the bureauc- bureaucracy of TAFE stops it from being responsive to demand. He said the Victorian government promised 100,000 free places in last year's election, but the, staf- the state's TAFE system was struggling to meet the demand. The Director of Employment, Education and Training at the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Jenny Lambert, said Labor's TAFE promise is preempting its own review of post-secondary education, which is meant to investigate the balance between the training and university sectors. Very interesting. Uh, we, we thought that our listeners would be interested in that because it gives you an idea of what has actually happened in TAFE since the neoliberal revolution. And the Labor Party is as much to blame as the Liberal Party. The TAFE sector has been almost completely privatised and the public sector has been run down shockingly. And it's been privatised on the back of the students themselves who have now massive loans back to the government. So you have a really quite shocking situation in this country where there is a desire and a great need for skilled labour and the private sector has made money, ran all the way to the, to the bank with the money from the government which has now become alone for the poor students. It's a quite, quite shocking situation. Yet an article like that suggests that continuing the privatisation is going to be uh, more responsive to the issue. (laughs) Well, it's it's almost a catch-22, isn't it? Sometimes one wonders whether or not the media think that we are all stupid. Yes. Oh, it is functionally... Neoliberal ideology at play. It's well, I call it neoliberal theology at play. Saying marketplace was sorted out, 
but we've had 15 years in the TAFE sector of the marketplace completely destroying the entire system. Now, it's just weeds. There's nothing growing in this sector apart from what's left of the TAFE sector, the original TAFE sector, which has survived through this time. Those are the seeds we need to plant. And yes, it will be difficult to, re, to, to put it back together again. Effort and time needs to be done. And they're right saying it's very difficult to you know, put everything back to a sort of a, um, a, 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 a government-run technical and further education system because, you know, We've destroyed it. Well, yes, that's true. We need to put billions into it, and the children need but to you've got to, not have yeah, have this yeah. this um, thing on their back for you, the rest of their lives. You don't feed the weeds; <laughs> you pull them out. <laughs> yeah. And that's what that argument is saying. Oh, you know, the weeds aren't that bad. They give you some nutrition, so just just <laughs> just, just, just just keep going with that because it's all fine. And we're respond. They're responsive. Not all fine. They're responsive to taking profits from education from the government mm. funding offshore. That's what they're responsive. Yeah, they to. put. That's what they have done. That's what they will do. So let's not do that. Yeah, TAFE's just in the too hard basket. So let's not try. Yes, indeed. Oh, well, I, this is all making us. It's, it's ridiculous when you hear things like this. Certainly, in things like the financial review. But I've got some good news around the corner because we're going to have what I think is one of the best schools I've been in for a very long time, our Great State School of the Week, coming up after this. QR Code is an LGBTIQA plus health podcast made by queers. Across eight episodes, hear us engaging with our communities, discussing diverse and intersecting topics on In Your Face on the last Friday of every month or download from 3cr.org.au forward slash QR Code. And follow us on Facebook at QR Code 3CR. Funded by the city of Yarra. Every week on the Doctor Program, we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. State schools are great. Schools. School of the week. State school. School of the school. week. Great state schools. State, state schools. schools. School are great of the week. Schools. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. <laughs> Oh, welcome back. Today I'm going to tell you about, um, I think, an extraordinary great state school. I was actually at this school in the last week gone by, and I was blown away by it. It was like going back in time. I know many people who think, oh, the state school system keeps surviving, because when I went to a state school, it was good. You know, it was full of the community, and, you know, smart kids did well, and dumb kids are, well, you know, that sort of thing. You know, back in the day, state school really catered for everyone. This school had that feel. It was an amazing place, and I'll tell you where it was. It was Cheltenham Secondary College, down there in Cheltenham, Victoria. Now, it's in the southeastern suburbs, but it's not the inner southeastern suburbs. It's, it's, its students aren't wealthy, and they're not poor. It is a mix. 14% of the kids come from the poorest families in, in, in Australia, and around about 20% come from the richest family kids in Australia. 34% come from the, from the upper middle, 30% come from... It's just... It's a bell curve. It is actually, if you really sit down and think about it, you know, its ICSI value is just over a 1,000. It is the average good old-fashioned state school. But what they're doing there is absolutely top-notch. Let me tell you about it. Look, it's in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne and enjoys an excellent reputation in the local community. So, you know, you've never heard about it. They don't care. <laughs> It has what they call traditional values, but this isn't traditional values in terms of what private schools will sell. Oh no. It has what it, it has what it calls a strong discipline and welfare structure. Well I tell you what, that's often code for, you know, sort of somewhat sort of, you know, we, we do corporal punishment, strong discipline. No, these kids discipline themselves. They are strong within themselves and they control themselves. Some do it better than others because the world's an interesting place. But they have an extraordinary culture of inquiry. The kids ask questions and they won't take no for an answer and they know when you're giving them some BS back. They are proper Australian kids. It's amazing. They, and the kids do well. The kids just do well. Poor kids do well. Which is, nobody cares about the income your parents have when you turn up to school. That's got nothing to do with anything when it comes to being inside the boundaries of Cheltenham Secondary College. Sounds as if the school teacher is abroad and education is actually happening. Well, they've got 84 staff down there and they've got 1,000 kids. 
It is about to be what we will call now in this marketplace of Australia, it's about to become what's called a good state school. You'll find that the property prices will start to go up in the area. So here we are giving financial advice. If you want to invest in some property, do it in the catchment area of Cheltenham Secondary College because the prices there are about to go up because the place is doing extraordinary things. Their VCE results are through the roof. Their NAPLAN results are good or better than than comparable. You know, they're, they're just great. But the culture of the school is what really hit me. Kids asking questions, not taking no for an answer, and not being rude about it, just going, no, that's not good enough. Can you tell me more? In the nicest possible way. And their peers around them saying, we're not that interested, but we might as well listen as well because we might find out something we didn't know. Um, There's naughty kids there. Oh, yeah, and the other kids, you know, sort them out pretty good because, no, we're here to learn. That's all right. And you've got super smart kids that are asking a thousand questions a minute and everyone else in the class going, yeah, they're always like that, but let them go. Let them go. So, you know, it's not a sin to be clever in the Cheltenham Secondary College and it's not a sin to be disinterested either because they look after each other. I mean, I was there's slightly more boys than girls and I was actually involved in a particular class that involved all boys, which is often they say, ah, no, they've got all the difficult kids, chucked them all in the one place. No. Nope. This class was better because they worked together to support each other. This is 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids knowing why they're there. And I said to the teachers, because I've been going to the school for a while, because it gets better and better each year, what's going on? And they said, I don't know. Education. I don't know. They're just kids. Public education. (laughs) It's just public education. The teachers didn't think they were doing anything special. The kids certainly didn't think they were anything special, but I tell you, going into that school and seeing what's going on there is something extraordinary. It is a great state school. Look at it from the outside. Buildings are half falling down. They've got some new things being built, and it's been very well maintained, but the majority of the school was built 50 years ago. You know, in, the, in that sort of great building spree of schools in, you know, in, in, in Australia. Chicken coops, we called them. It's nothing particularly special in terms of the way it looks, but who cares what the teachers and the kids are doing at Cheltenham Secondary School? I have to say, that is a great state school. So congratulations, Cheltenham Secondary College. Want to defend government schools? We are the DOGS, D-O-G-S, Defenders of Government Schools. Every week on the DOGS program we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. If you're a parent or if you're a kid or if you're involved in the school in any way whatsoever and you love your state school, give 3CR a call. We want to hear about these schools that we're defending. Brunswick Secondary State schools are great. Harkaway Primary School. Sunshine North Primary School. They're really concerned about the welfare of the kids and their growth as people as well as learning. Like you put on plays, you've got enrichment, you've got physical education, visual arts, languages, all that. In fact, is there a cooking? Actually an embracing of kids from disadvantaged backgrounds and with additional needs. More than half of your kids are from some of the poorest families in Australia. Yeah, definitely. That's the community and that's who we're servicing and that's that's who we welcome into the school. Outdoor play is linked to healthier and happier children. This, in turn, leads to better grades. In the weekly assemblies and stuff, they have a little thing, uh, you've been caught being good, and they have a a value of the week each week, and so it's not just words that is actually... So so what do the teachers do when it's a building site? Yeah, they kick themselves out of their own staff room and turn into a classroom. Just a really nice culture and an emphasis on social skill building as well as learning. Quite a range of intellectual ability and kids with mental health diagnoses, refugee kids, kids who have not been in the country very long don't necessarily start off with a Positive great relationships with each other, with teachers and with the community. And they run a, a breakfast club. There's a recognition that some kids don't get breakfast and so there's, there's food on. If you are involved in a state school and it's a great school, we'd love to hear from you so we can talk about it and tell the world. Leave a message for the dogs at 3CR on 9419 State schools are great schools. Great state schools. Welcome back to the Dogs Program. After we've done Cheltenham Secondary, guys, RGR. I just, sometimes you find a school, and I've had the personal experience of it now over the years, and you go, what they're doing here is magnificent. And at Cheltenham Secondary College, I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little bit, you cannot create that experience in a private school. It's impossible because by definition you've excluded people at the front gate. It's who's in that school that makes the difference. 
people turn up because they live there. It's the local population. They don't care about their reputation outside of that. And do you know what? I'll tell you their reputation. It's, it's absolutely top-notch in the local community. Everyone who knows about it sends their kids there because that's the place to go. But they're not selling it in a marketplace. It's not a school of choice. It's a school of place. And that's what a state school is. A private school can't be that because they have to advertise to get people in so they get the government funding to do the business and they have to exclude people because they're going to make sure their VCE results. And so if someone's not behaving well, let's get rid of them. If someone's not achieving, we'll just get rid of them because that's part of their business model. And that is the opposite of what goes on at Cheltenham, Cheltenham Secondary College. I just find it amazing. Every now and then you come across some, some, where some, somewhere where something special is happening. And whenever it, you, you just treasure it. But anyway, you've been listening to the Dogs Program here on 3CR855 on the AM dial and podcast on the www's at 3CR's website, which is 3cr.org.au. But you can find out and check what we've been talking about on our website at www.adogs.info. And if you have a great state school that you want me to investigate and talk about on the program, please give us a call um, at just during business hours at 94198377. That's 94198377. But here at the Dogs, um, we have to come back next week because we haven't solved the problem. Um, there is still inequity in the education system of Australia, so we keep have to, having to highlight it. When it goes away and everything's all right and everything's fair and equitable, then we'll go away. But that's not in the next week, so we'll see you then. Um, but until next week, when Jane and I and Dale will return, um, it's bye for now. I dreamed I saw Joe Hill last night, alive as you and me. Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead. I never died, says he, I never died, says he. In Salt Lake City, Joe says I, him standing by my bed, they framed you on a murder charge, says Joe, but I Killed you, Joe. They shot you, Joe, says I. Takes more than guns to kill a man, says Joe. I didn't die, says Joe. I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling with his eyes. Says Joe, what they can never kill Went on to organize Went on to organize From San Diego up to Maine In every mine and mill Where workers strike and organize It's there you find your hill
I have to get the car service for the big drive on Friday. I'll make sure the kids are ready. I won't forget mozzie spray this time. Oh, and we can't forget to vote before we go. What? The federal election is on Saturday the 18th of May and all Australian citizens age 18 years and over must vote. But if you know you won't be able to make it to a polling place on election day, you may be able to vote early. To find out how, go to aec.gov.au or call 132326. It's our vote and our future. Authorised by the Electoral Commissioner Canberra. A 3CR supporter.